We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit winbet.com to start winning. What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to the Brooklyn Buzz. I'm Nick Faye. With me, as always, Jack Manuel. And Jack, we're talking about the Nets' final preseason game. They won 107-101 over the Timberwolves, finished preseason 3-1. and How are we feeling, Jack? Clack City is back, baby! Yes, we had a nice performance from Nick Claxton. We'll jump into that and plenty more. But, Jack, as always, you can find the Buzz on all streaming platforms. Where do you want to start with this one? Nick Claxton, Nick. No, no, yeah, let's start with the <laughs> Nice little night from him. 11 points, seven boards, including four offensive boards. Had a dime, had a steal, had a block. Five or seven from the field, one or two from the free throw line. Really nice chemistry with James Harden. He has to be out on the floor whenever James Harden is out there. That duo is is lethal. I think they bring out the best in each other in a lot of ways. It was, And you could tell it was on early. You know, a couple offensive boards. And you sort of saw the offense feed the defense. You know, the early possession on on Cat in the post, I'm like, oh, no, he's got to get his lunch taken from yeah. him again. But then Cat uh, went out to the perimeter, and Clax locked him down like he's done every other player in the goddamn NBA. Uh, it was a really, really great performance from him, and uh, really nice to see him get those 24 minutes too. Yeah, and I think it's really important for him to get the confidence going into the regular season. Like you said, we saw kind of all different parts of Nick Claxton's game on display, given the perimeter defense, the activity, the activity on the boards early on. It felt like he had his hands on every offensive rebound for like the first five possessions. And then, like you said, and like we've talked about in the buzz, you know, having him out there with James Harden is so crucial. It just allows him to be valuable offensively, especially because Steve Nash did a nice job of also surrounding him with other talent. You know what I mean? There was other three-point shooters on the floor so now the defense had to make some decisions in terms of all right we got Claxton slipping to the rim we got Harden coming downhill but also in the corners is Kevin Durant and Joe Harris how do we really handle this situation there's not really much to do so allowing Clax to put in put into a position where he's able to excel I think makes you know more of a difference than almost any else on the anybody else on the roster 
No doubt. He just fits so well with the Stars. We were preaching that ever since the, the first preseason game against the Lakers. My favourite highlight, Nick, was that block on Nas Reed. You know, yeah. the float up. I was just like, dude, Nas, you're, you're going to know, mate. You're going to know that Clack City is going to lock people down. Uh, just incredible defensive performance from him tonight. Um, the, the pass that uh, James Harden in that pick and roll, that, that Nets Cliffs, make sure you're following that one, guys. I don't know who runs the account, but he's a good bloke. Uh, but it was a really, really nice dime. Great pick at, uh, pocket pass, and Clax obviously finishes with the dunk. Good aggression, good purpose from him. Um, it's really good to see from Nicholas Claxton. And I just like that starting lineup overall, Nick. Really enthused me. And I know we'll probably see, you know, more likely to see Blake Griffin out there. But, I don't know, Clax just seems to just do so many good things when he's with those stars. Whether it Maybe it's Blake and Clax, I don't know. But, um, obviously, I think Bruce is more likely to get the run as well. He's got the runs under the board. But, man, it was a really nice performance from Claxton. Yeah, and I think it's really interesting how well him and James Harden kind of work together chemistry-wise. Just kind of they're so in sync. There's a couple passes in this game where you're like, it's like almost a quarterback and a wide receiver, just kind of just on the same page. And obviously Harden, one of the best passers in the NBA, if not the best. So continuing to see Nick Claxton excel is going to be a big, big thing for the Nets this season. So hopefully we kind of continue to see him in the rotation, in the lineups, and in positions where he's able to excel. And also we had a comment from Steve Nash after the game. Steve Nash on Claxton via uh, Brian Lewis. As his conditioning improves, so does his activity. It was a great to see him respond to the opportunity. Yeah, I think that we sort of spoke about on the, the season preview about Clax's engagement, and I think that he was pretty puffed after the first sort of game, which yep. is to be expected. You haven't played a lot of basketball in a while. The practices can't really replicate the, the game reps, but, you know, he was energized there tonight. Every All those 24 minutes, you know, you could see that he was going to uh, make an impact. And, and like you said, Nick, that lob connection, I know I'll, I'll, there's the stats out there that reflect that James Harden is better out there on the floor with the floor space up, but... You know, he got Clint Capella paid, and what James Arden said in the media day was that uh, Nicholas Claxton is a more skilled version of Clint Capella. Now, um, Clint Capella is amazing and probably one of the best uh, rim protectors in the league. And I think that's one thing that Clax gives us as well, because I don't think that there is any rim protection or a high, at least a, an above average or average level of rim protection unless Clax is out there on the floor at the five position. Yeah, I agree, Jack. I think he just offers something different and just kind of that spark and activity that's just what a LaMarcus Aldridge, uh, Blake Griffin at this age, and a Paul Millsap can't really offer. And via Gotham Reckoning, our guy on Twitter, uh, he posted a, a stat online. Guard uh, Harden, Claxton, Durant on the court with Irving off. This is only 26 possessions, but plus 50.5, 138 offensive possession, 88 defensive possession. Obviously, really, really good and extremely small sample size, but just something to give you a taste of possibly what we could see maybe during the regular season. No doubt. Meanwhile, Lakerland is thinking about son DeAndre Jordan. <laughs> yeah, we'll leave that at that. Um, anything else on Nick Claxton before we move on, Jack? I just think that this was really promising, Nick, and it showed you against Carl Anthony Towns, one of the best centers in the game, uh, that you know he wasn't shying away from the challenge. And if anything, uh, I thought that early on, I'm like, okay, this isn't going to work out too well. But you know, there was he forced an air ball on, on Carl yeah. Anthony Towns as well. Uh, I just think that in certain matchups, and for the majority of matchups, I think we all want to see a, a lot of clacks time, a lot of clack city, because. Like I said in, in the season preview, make sure you check that out and, and a heap of other uh, player previews. He just gives this team a, a, an infinitely better ceiling. Uh, he just provides an intangible energy that you get from youth as well. Um, and the chemistry that he, he and James Harden had, as you alluded to, Nick, is, is exponential. So 
Uh, I just love everything that he does out there. He's going to continue to grow, um, and I want him to be keeping on giving those opportunities. And I'd like him next to Millsap, too. I think he can play next to Millsap. I think he can also probably play next to Aldridge, and I think he can probably play next to Griffin, too. I think he can be 4-5, um, I, and I think that probably the only guy you can't play him with is Bruce Brown. Yeah, I think it's more so the offensive spacing. Like you said, Jack, playing with the other bigs isn't a problem because Claxton moves really well out there and he can defend wings. So it's not like that's an issue. And I think, like you mentioned, going against Towns and a guy who can really knock down a three-point shot, that's where Claxton is even a bigger tool, especially against some of these perimeter-oriented bigs. Not to say Cat is because he can kind of score from anywhere on the floor, but he does have that three-point shot. So in certain matchups, you're just going to see Claxton as just the ideal big to play. And like you said, defensively, there's no issue. Very versatile. It's offensively just given his lack of shot and you want to have that vertical spacing and not make it easy for the defense to kind of come down and shut down that oop or that lob option from James Harden. Yeah, he's just got to be in the right space at the right time. Yeah, I think his screening still has plenty of work to do, but yep. I think his angles were a little bit better tonight and the timing. He just kind of got in the way a little bit better tonight. Yeah, no doubt. And James Harden, you know, I thought he wiped off some rust tonight. Not necessarily the most productive game scoring-wise. Six points, two of seven from the field, one of three from three. But did have 14 assists, three rebounds, one steal. And just did a nice job of kind of setting up the offense and getting guys in spots. And like we mentioned, making life easy for Nick Claxton. A couple passes to um, LaMarcus Aldridge, obviously Joe Harris. So Harden really being in that true point guard role is really probably the best version of the Nets. He's going to lead the league in assists. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think we threw out like outrageous predictions and whatever, but I don't think that's an outrageous prediction to, to 14 to throw assists in 30 minutes. <laughs> it's he's going to have a, a lot of them, to, and I think he he sort of realizes that role. And again, you know, two or seven of the field is not something you you normally see from him, but the 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 facilitation was there for him tonight. I still think the handle is looking not as tight as normal, uh, but he is looking strong. He is getting to the line. I think that some of the it seems to me that the whistle is being swallowed somewhat. Like we saw the replay from the Yes Network on that a KD uh, post fadeaway, and you saw Jared Vanderbilt's hand literally on Kevin Durant's elbow, and him not get the call. Yeah, um, I, I think that there needs to be. Preseason for the refs, too. <laughs> Preseason for the refs, too, I guess, Nick. Hopefully that doesn't linger into the regular season. But, yeah, it was just – this is going to get the rust out for him. 31 minutes, I think that's a, a nice little ramp up. Get the conditioning going forward. Uh, and, you know, five turnovers, I think a lot of them were forcing the issue, which is, you know, sometimes what I, I don't mind to see. Harden will likely be a, a league leader in turnovers, but it's going to be the nature of those turnovers. Like, are they going to be liable turnovers? Are they lead to transition buckets? I think they'll find enough tonight. Not the best game from James Harden, but, yeah, the 14 assists certainly does stick out. Um, and hopefully he starts to get the three ball going. Hopefully he starts to, you know, continue to drive to the lane, get a few more free throws, um, and, and all of that will sort of come together. Yeah, I agree. And I think we saw another post possession from him tonight. Kind of worked out of the post. Got uh, Joe Harris had a three-point shot from the wing. Um, and I think during the regular season, we'll see him get more aggressive scoring on some of those pick-and-roll opportunities. Maybe, you know, go to the floater or finish at the rim. And I think guys obviously don't need a ton of contact at this point, just given it's preseason. But moving on to KD... You know, he just looks ready for the regular season. 19 points, 8 of 16 from the field, 3 of 6 from 3, 7 rebounds, 1 assist, only 2 turnovers. Just, you know, smooth. You know, KD just doing his thing out there like some practice. I think the one thing I'm noticing a bit more about KD, he's he's a bit chippier this year. <laughs> he, uh, he's, he's, wanting, he's loving a bit of the chatter with... Um, 
had Beverly. Um, I thought that was a, a bit of fun. I, I like when, when when KD gets into some sparring matches because ultimately, you know, you, you're messing with the king, mate. So you better put up or shut up. And, and KD always puts up and everyone else better, better shut up. But yeah, I think KD is just in the flow. Um, I, I think that from the first game, we're like, oh, the, the shots look a little bit short. But all his misses tonight were, were generally KD misses and, and went off because of defense. And it's just Kevin Durant being Kevin Durant. We know who he is. He's rebounding the ball well. Um, he had a nice defensive possession on on Anthony Towns, even though he did give away the foul there because the follow-up one was, you know, Anthony Towns trying to be too aggressive and that led to the offensive foul on Nicholas Claxton. So uh, Kate is continuing to be really important. And I think that this is going to allow him to have load management within games, if that makes sense, because there is a greater um, rotation with the big man now. There's LMA, there's Paul Millsap, there's Blake, there's Clax. Um, and everyone else in between. It allows KD to be like, okay, cool. I'll use my energy on the offensive end, and then the burden isn't going to be there defensively like it was last year. And it can still be uh, continue to be effective. So I think that that might be a little wrinkle that we keep an eye on in the regular season, um, and it might be more efficient in the offensive, uh, offensive department, if that's even possible. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, I think also another thing to keep an eye on with Kevin Durant um, is how much he becomes a focal point of the offense when James Harden goes to the bench. When it's just KD out there, you're seeing more sets just run for him to get these shots like there should be. And then when Harden's on the floor, sometimes he's more of a complimentary player, not necessarily getting as many touches, which I think is a smart move to do, you know, to pace yourself throughout the game. It's going to be interesting, too, in seeing how teams deal with the Nets, given it's just Harden and Kevin Durant at the moment. 
does KD need to get into more of a playmaking mold, you know, during different points of the year? Obviously, that's something we saw him do, I think, a couple tennis this game last year for the Nets. So, so just something to keep an eye on, given we have the two stars at the moment. Yeah, I think that's what Patty Mills is for. That's what Cam Thomas yep. is for. That's what Javon Carter's for. You know, and even the bigs, Jack, I think the bigs also provide a nice aspect of playmaking, just given their veterans and experience. Yeah, we didn't see Griffin tonight, but Griffin and Millsap are probably the, the two guys that can provide that in space as well. So plenty of options. The ball is going to move really, really well. We, we saw incredible ball movement in the, in the, the previous game uh, tonight. Probably, you know, it's a, a few little individual sets here and there, but ultimately just a, I think that the big takeaway as a team from this, Nick, was when we saw certain lineups out there, man, it was, it was really, really tough to stop. So when... This lineup was out there on the floor. James Harden, Javon Carter, Joe Harris, Nicholas Claxton, Kevin Durant. They wanted a 19-0 run. Yep. Uh, and then there was a, another lineup in the third, fourth quarter, sorry, where it was James Harden, Joe Harris, Kevin Durant, um, Claxton, and I can't remember. I think it was Mills. Paddy yeah, uh, they went on a really big offensive run as well. So intriguing to see just those sort of things happening. And um, I think just the four-man combination of – uh, you got everyone, the, the big two, you, you had in Joe Harris, you had in Nicholas Claxton and Javon Carter, Paddy Mills, the, the sort of who's that fourth guy? Um, and then obviously you, probably the extra big man or, or an extra wing or, or ball handler. I just think that that was probably things that I'm, I'm looking at. And obviously Steve Nash has said after the game as well that rotations aren't going to be really set in stone because there's so much depth and there's load management and all those certain things. So I think that... We're going to see experimentation. We saw it last year. So I think we're probably going to expect to see it again this year. But hopefully, they're taking the tape. They're seeing you know, what uh, the plus minus was, what the different ratings were during the preseason and going, okay, this is what's working for us. This is where James Harden's going to work best as a solo guy. This is where KD could work best as a solo guy. This is where they work best together. Um, I, I think that there's just little things to sort of look at going forward. We always love that lineup chatter. Yeah, I think that four-man combo you just mentioned, Jack, is really good. Obviously, you have the two superstars, but then you have arguably your best offensive role player in Joe Harris, and then you're arguably your best defensive uh, defensive role player in Nick Claxton. You know what I mean? So now it's kind of the best of both worlds, and then that fifth piece is just how are we going to comp that? Are we going to add maybe more offense with Patty Mills, or are we going to focus maybe a little bit more on defense with Javon Carter, or is there somebody else we want to kind of throw out there in the mix at a different point during the season? Also, another note with Patty Mills, I like his activity defensively. Obviously, he's not an elite defender on ball or anything like that, but he does a nice job of just being kind of pesky and poking out some balls. Uh, you saw him do that to Carl Anthony Towns, got the steal in the layup. That's the type of stuff we love to see, and it's just kind of an extra element that a player like Patty Mills brings. <laughs> My guy's out here blocking three-point shots. He <laughs> That's blocked those type the of just a lot of juice. Yeah. He's, uh, he's just got energy for, for days. Um, he's an absolute spark plug. And I think that that's probably some things that a, a lot of people won't really know about Paddy Mills. Is, you know, he's a nice little mid-ranger tonight. You know, when the offense is is bogged down or whatever, he can find and create his own shot. You know, he hasn't probably had the best offensive preseason, but I think he's finding himself as a, a at acclimating himself as a role player within this team. You know, he spent so much time in, in San Antonio in their system and and how the offense runs. It's a, it's a different kettle of fish, so there's going to be different tendencies to learn. But the fact that he's bringing that defensive energy and that defensive engagement, again, a guy that's six foot one blocking Torian Prince's three-point shot is like six foot eight as a power forward or whatever, that was incredible, Nick. 
Yeah, no, that's the type of stuff you want to see, especially like you said, Jack. He obviously hasn't really found his rhythm offensively, so let me find other ways to impact the game. And I think just his off-ball movement is really crazy. I wouldn't be surprised if maybe he gets a little bit more in terms of touches during the regular season, like the ball in his hands, especially given, you know, with Kyrie being out. I like to see maybe Patty run a couple more pick and rolls or something just to kind of get get a, a break for Kevin Durant or James Harden. Yeah, for sure. I just think that there's uh, you could, there's still so much, so much depth, which is is such a, a great thing to have. And, and we've seen it in this preseason and hopefully it can all stay healthy. So it provides, I guess, problems and, and welcome problems for Steve Nash and the coaching staff. Yeah, I think like what we saw in preseason, you kind of look at preseason almost how you look at a young player in terms of, you know, how you grade them. Like they're not going to go all out defensively. They're not going to be super locked in and engaged. You're kind of looking for segments and runs and possessions of things like what pops in your mind. And obviously there's going to be some mistakes and some sloppiness because the games don't really matter. And I think we saw enough pop and enough like potent offensive lineups, combinations, sets, whatever it is, where it's just like, damn, I really don't know what the opposing team is going to do when the Nets throw this out at you and I think even more there's more versatility for Steve Nash this year and added elements of defense and size that he just didn't have last season yeah I think once they begin to gel Nick will by you know game 20 game 30 because the defensive the perimeter defensive talent especially Ember Carter Brown Clax obviously I think is an incredible perimeter talent there's going to be easy buckets, and I think it's just going to be about you know when the the communication. I think you know, um, KD actually mentioned that post game just now, talking about you know once we start to gel it and find that cohesion defensively, everything's going to hum on the offensive end as well. And a lot of the great positions do come from defensive stuff. Whether it's a clax block that I think led to you know a, a transition three or a three on the other other end of the floor for, for James Harden. So good things happen happen when the defense comes, and the fact that they've upgraded that defensive talent. You know DeAndre Bembry, you're boys doing uh, awesome <laughs> things. Javon Carter, Garden Guys, 94 feet. Bruce Brown, Nicholas Claxton. You, there was a, a lineup out there tonight where we saw Claxton, Bembry, and Javon Carter. And it was just absolutely menacing on the perimeter. So uh, I just think that that's a lot of fun, Nick. And you know, we didn't really talk much about defense last year. I think that the Nets are going to improve uh, in that fashion but just purely because of the cattle that they have right now in their roster. Yeah, I think honestly, Jack, you could look at last season, like what's a defensive minded lineup the Nets could throw out? Like what was a lineup that was kind of like all good defensive players? There was very limited options. I mean, you had some guys that were maybe a little bit feisty, but at the end of the day, like there's guys in this team where they're better on the defensive side of the ball or at least equal than the to the offensive side of the ball. So it's going to be fun to see those guys. And just to talk about DeAndre Bembry, obviously defensively you like what he brings, nice physicality at that wing spot. But I also like the way that he kind of attacks base when he drives, kind of takes advantage of those openings on the floor. We saw him kind of set up, I think it was either Nick uh, LaMarcus Aldridge for an easy dunk under dunk the ball. Yeah. yeah. So Bembry is a smart guy. He's a basketball player, and he understands, like, I don't have a three-point shot, but let me try to impact the game in other ways. And also active on the boards. Yeah, his handle's tight on that drive. Um, yeah. I, I think he's aggressive. He's composed. You know, the, the, there aren't many players that you know can combine that you know, aggression and harness it uh, while not going over the top. But Deontay Bremer does that in a great way. And, you know, he a really good rebounder for his side as, as well. You know, two steals tonight. 
Um, and you know, obviously, you know, probably should have got an end one on that dunk too. Yeah. If he just continues to do the things that he does, um, he's going to be a, a, an important part in this rotation in spurts throughout the year. So uh, another really handy pickup for, for the Nets and, and Sean Marks, uh, uh, just another tick to, to his resume and, and to everything that he's done in the offseason. So, yeah, really liking DeAndre Bembry um, and, and, and continuing to, to do good things for the Nets. Yeah, I agree, Jack. It's gonna he's just gonna be a nice piece to have on this roster on certain nights or on load management nights where maybe he's not in the regular rotation but does have his moments. Uh moving over to Paul Millsap, who got the starting nod tonight. Ten points, four of eight from the field, two of four from three, nine rebounds, one assist, one turnover. Really solid stuff from Paul Millsap, who's still starting it's trying to find his rhythm with the team and kind of how he fits on both ends of the floor. Yeah, the rhythm was there off that freaking dunk, Nick. Yeah, yeah. I'm like I'm just like, wait, uh, is Jeff Green still on the team? Like, what's yeah. going on here? And he fakes the handoff and then just goes pow. Like, god damn. Um, I'm I'm really enjoying his rebounding. Uh, I, I've never sort of, again, I'm a, a bit of a sicko for for a rebounding highlight or just rebounding <laughs> in general. But he's fighting on all all basically offensive and defensive possessions to get those boards and led the team there tonight in 20 minutes, had nine boards, including an offensive one. His three ball looks good. This time where it doesn't look good and you just know it, but most of the yeah. time it's it's a good shot. And, and I think just like we sort corners. of said in... It does look better from the corners, you know, when he's not sort of having to stretch out and exert himself a little bit. But, yeah, four of eight from the field, two of four from three. Did have an assist. And like we said, you know, that starting five, when they were out there together, there was just some good rhythm, good energy, good cohesion, uh, and some innate chemistry that I just think that from a lot that we had never seen. Um, if this was a starting lineup heading into the regular season or at certain points of the regular season, Nick, you would not be displeased whatsoever. And Paul Millsap is a big part of that. Sort of like we talk about the connector with Blake Griffin, the glue guy, um, etc. Paul Millsap gives you a lot as that sort of role. Yeah, especially because, like you mentioned, Jack, the activity on the boards, that kind of gives him something different when he's playing maybe with a smaller front court in Nick Claxton and Kevin Durant, at least in terms of like weight-wise. And that Millsap provides you that extra physicality and toughness. I mean, I don't really mind it as a starting lineup at all. Like if Steve Nash rolled this out against the Bucks, I wouldn't be opposed. Obviously, there's different ones, and I think we both would agree that Blake's most likely to start, but I didn't mind this lineup at all. I honestly do think that as Blake will be there because of you know his history, so to speak. But I honestly do think that Millsap and Claxton, as just fitting and just getting you more defensively, because the Nets are just so juiced up offensively. They're incredible. You just get better out of Millsap, and you don't really lose as much offensively. I think Griffin may be a slightly better passer and ball handler, but I don't think that you could probably split them there. I think, obviously, uh, Nicholas Claxton is way better defensively. So, yeah, just to have those options, I think we'll likely see what we've seen. Probably Bruce Brown comes back in too, but uh, if Claxton and Millsap keep doing what they do, if they sort of you know align with James Harden in that second unit and you throw in Paddy Mills or Joe Harris... James Johnson, you know, Javon Carter. Um, I think that there's going to be a, a lot of iterations of this team where there's going to find value. And, um, and Nick, we've got to get to Joe Harris, surely, unless you had some more stuff to say on Paul Millsap. Uh, just one quick note in terms of, like, the Blake and Millsap thing. Because, like, if you elected to bring Blake Griffin off the bench, the way that it would make sense is Harden's one of your first subs, and then, you know, you're letting KD play with the other starters, and you bring Blake in as he kind of gives you some of that playmaking. So that could definitely be an option. I think we're going to just see probably a million combinations this year, starting lineups, rotation, whatever it is. Steve Nash has a lot of tools, but let's talk Joe Harris, who had a really good game and has had a really good preseason. 23 points, 8 of 12 from the field, 7 of 10 from three, five rebounds, three assists, two turnovers, 
Joe looked really confident and comfortable out there, and that's what we love to see. No, absolutely. You know, the the headband is absolutely on tonight. The ball fake was filthy as hell. Um, just, uh, yeah, just absolutely incredible. Um, hopefully he continues this form into the regular season and postseason. Um, but we know how good Joe Harris is. He's going to be one of the league leaders in three-point percentage. Um, and I really enjoyed that little lefty layup. I don't know if he's been working on that, but um, that was a really nice finish off the drive too because, you know, the defense closed on him. And a lot of times in the, in the past, we've spoken about the fact that you know, his bag when he gets around the basket is a little bit simplistic and he can be, you know, diverted. But, you know, he had a little bit of dexterity there. And, you know, obviously Kyrie Irving isn't in the lineup now, so maybe Joe's been practicing some of those layout packages. But um, in saying that, uh, a really nice finish from him and, and another really great performance from him. Yeah, I think that's just going to be huge. And I wouldn't be surprised if we see some more drives, maybe more than last season, just given we'll have bigs that stretch the floor a little bit more consistently on the floor. So intrigued to see what Joe does and how he carries over. And I hope that he has a big season. And it just feels like he, there's just a different like edge to him, maybe given the situation and knowing what he needs to do and how he played last year in the postseason. But Jack, what do you think about LaMarcus Aldridge? Um, I know it was kind of a mixed bag on Twitter between fans and whatnot, but 16 points, four of eight from the field. 0-1 from three, eight of eight from the free throw line, and two rebounds. Look, the plus minus doesn't favor him uh, greatly, but you look at everything else beyond the box score, and it looks pretty nice. Obviously, you know he was out there with the in in, in the blowout minutes and the, the final sort of crunch time in the final eight minutes of it, but. Um, the fact that he's just got that rhythm offensively, uh, an incredible post player, really savvy, you know, get into the line a lot. It's just going to be about what does he do defensively? And we're seeing, or I believe what I saw tonight, Nick, you're probably a bit better at sort of spotting this than me. I saw like basically everything being switched um, a lot more, sort of getting back to those principles for the most part. Um, and I'm not sure how much that suits the Marcus Aldridge, but for this game for him tonight, you look at the box score beyond, you know, and I guess you sort of try and judge that with the impact overall. Um, he obviously isn't the most versatile and flexible and athletic sort of guy, but you know, the in-and-out sort of play and, and the, the ability for the team to just clear out for him when he gets the ball in the post, uh, he's going to get something out of it, whether it's uh, two two points or, or, or some free throws. So just to have that different offensive weapon is always going to be a plus. Yeah, I think that's what he is more now as an offensive weapon, but defensively does provide you a different look. Like you said, switched a couple times, forced by the D, uh, offense. I think in drop, he's a little bit better. I think his mobility at times is a little bit displayed, you know what I mean, in terms of comparison to the other guys. But again, he provides you that different element with the post offense, like you said. And, and at certain times during the season, you just might need that. You might need somebody that you can throw out there and give you those 15 points, even maybe if he's a little bit lesser defensively than some of the other guys. But again, if he's put into a situation where he can use his size, that's typically where he's at his best. No, absolutely. Nick, we'll get to some Kyrie stuff at the end. Uh, is there anything else, I guess, on this game? Because... Katie's got a few quotes, and we've obviously, unless you've been living under a rock, obviously there's a, a heap of the Kyrie stuff that's been going around. We don't want to spend too much time on it, but I really like Javon Carter's game. That sidestep three was yep. absolute money. Um, I just, you sort of know what you're going to get out of Javon Carter, and it's a pretty high level role player at that. Yeah, like we kind of mentioned, I think, on the season preview, like a 3 and D guard almost at this point. You know, maybe you can do a little bit more offensively than that. But you just like the tenacity he brings, like you mentioned a million times, picks up guys 94 feet. Uh, we saw Bruce Brown late in this game. He didn't come in until, I believe, the second half. Didn't really do too much. I'm not really looking much into the rotations. And we only got a little bit of Cam Thomas. Obviously not a crazy showing from him or anything like that, mostly in garbage time. But nothing really else on this game. Excited to watch basketball that actually counts.
Yeah, I like that, you know, in obviously the, the first shot that Cam Thomas does take is a, a nice little sidestep three. You've got to love the confidence that that kid has. Um, but he also had a nice little sort of like lob pass to LaMarcus Aldridge, you know, doing little things. Looked okay defensively in the minutes that he was out there as well. Um, and it was cool to see, you know, James Harden and Kevin Durant talking to him, you know, the bit of the pat on the head at the end of the game. Um, I, I think anything that Cam Thomas does, uh, I'm going to speak glowingly of for the most part. Uh, I love the kid. Yeah, and Jack, I just saw an interesting quote in regards of Nick Claxton before we move on to the Kyrie stuff. He says, right now I'm battling a sickness. My goal this year is to make my con- take my conditioning to a whole other level. So, well, the, uh, interesting thing. That probably speaks a lot. Yeah, that probably, yeah. sorry to, to, to overlap with what you were saying there, Nick, but I think that that tells you a lot in terms of, you know, him being conditioned and probably him, you know, your physical affecting your mental. Uh, we all sort of feel that way when we're not feeling our best. Our mind isn't at our best either. Um, once he gets himself going, once James Harden gets himself going, come, you know, the, the All-Star break game 20 or so, these guys are going to be fit and firing. And, and if this is a, a lesser version of Nicholas Dax than what we saw tonight, then watch out for Clark City, ladies and gents. You know, it's funny. It's like I was looking at Clax and I was like, his eyes look really swollen for some reason. Like, I didn't know if he was just like nap before the game and look kind of tired. But I think I noticed it in the previous game as well. So good to know that like it's something else and it's not really just like him being tired. It's just like a sickness that he has to deal with. Either get over it. I'm not obviously we don't really know the details. But like you said, going to be cool when he's fully healthy and fully conditioned and just causing mayhem on the floor. Absolutely. Now, we'll just report on what sort of happened, Nick. Obviously, he had his... Kyrie Irving had his Instagram live. You know, the big sort of takeaway from that was we saw the notes and there was some allusion to exemptions. He said that he's not anti-vax. He said he's not retiring. That is that. If you want anything else, you know, look everywhere else for any sort of analysis of that sort of whatever you want to call it. Um, obviously, in, in general, you know, we have made have heard comments that it might end with Kyrie Irving actually coming back. But, you know, Kevin Durant obviously had some comments just after the game. Uh, I'm going to provide the fullest context. I don't like sort of saying quotes without context um so he's asked this um he was asked about if he why he, he's not mad at, at Kyrie Irving he said what is being mad going to do you're not going to change his mind so it's like well, let him figure out what he needs to do let the team figure out what they need to do he said life is amazing so I can't be too mad at somebody making a decision for themselves who am I to get upset at that just focus on what we got in this locker room um, and also from AJ Brown I definitely want Kyrie Irving to be around he chose what he wanted to do I want our whole team to be together now I I think right now in this whole kerfuffle, Nick, you know, we we want the reporting to be as, as fullest as possible and provide the full context and not try and get all clickbaity with it. AJ Brown is always doing a really good job of that. Um, that previous comment was from James Herbert as well from CBS Sports. Ultimately, this will sort itself out. Hopefully, it's not something we have to keep talking about for a very, very long time. But as Katie said, they made their decision. Kyrie's making his decision sooner rather than later. Hopefully, the team's together. But as they're doing right now, Katie's doing his thing. He's loving life. I'm loving watching him play as well. Life isn't that bad. Um, I think that me personally, Nick, I'm not getting over overreacting and, and getting into the weed of it as, as much as so many other people are. I'm just choosing to enjoy the basketball like we did for the past 30 minutes or so, actually talk about hoops. Because talking about this Nets team and, and the way they're playing right now is awesome. And hopefully we get to talk about Kyrie Irving in that respect as well sooner rather than later. Let him do his thing. Hopefully... The decision he makes is ultimately the right one. Take the time you need, whatever you got to do, I guess, my guy. But ultimately, get the vax, get back with the team, let's win a chip together. Yeah, I think that's kind of maybe almost similar to how Kevin Durant feels. Like you kind of a, you've almost made the same type of expression in terms of like, yeah, like Kyrie has his time, he can take make his choice, but obviously we would prefer him, for him to be here, would make things easier. And I think Katie's pretty much like, I'm not going to get upset at this point because 
you know, Kyrie could end up getting vaccinated very soon and be back with the team or at least back with the team when it really matters come postseason time. I'm obviously just kind of waiting to see what all happens. It's not like we can predict anything at this point. I think it's almost unpredictable. So just kind of go with the flow. And like you said, we'll talk about the basketball and the players that are currently eligible to play. Nick, the the much better, bigger, more awesome quote is Nicholas Claxton. I feel like I'm one of the better defenders in the league. That's what you like to hear. You're all defensive candidacy, Nick. Uh, we might have to do that. We might do a bit of a special award show cut up. Nicholas Claxton might feature defensive player of the year, maybe, Nick. Maybe I'll have to throw him in there. Let's check out the odds. BetMGM or whatever affiliate is with the Blue White Network. We'll have to figure that one out. Yeah, definitely something to keep an eye on. I at least think all defensive team, if he does get the minutes, is a real real possibility for him but uh jack i think important to mention as well monday night we will be doing a spaces looking to get a lot of listeners on there uh hear a lot of different opinions on the nets for this upcoming year absolutely and if you haven't listened to any of the evergreen content season previews player previews for all positions guards wings bigs you got the player previews with the superstars, Kyrie, James Harden, Kevin Durant. Check them all out, guys. The season is approaching. That content is still there. Check it out. If you haven't subscribed, five stars. Do all that fun stuff for us. It's going to be a fun year, and we're going to be here for the buzz. We're going to be buzzing. Hopefully, we get some shirts going. There's a lot of stuff happening in the Nets world. We're a part of it. Yeah, really excited for the season. Obviously, Jack, always a pleasure talking hoops with you. And big thanks, everybody, for listening. Check the buzz on all streaming platforms. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.